This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. How are you doing out there, loyal listeners? Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence with real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial intelligence everybody likes you to believe. And so what we do here is we get real. All you loyal listeners know it. And today I am not going to disappoint because This is the month, as everybody knows, the month of May, which is the month of Mother's Day, which is the month of the most important person in all of our lives. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to elevate that, right? I wanted to bring that to the surface. I wanted it to be noticed more in the month of May rather than just on Sunday, right? I think uh, think it's the second Sunday. It's terrible that I don't even know that, but my wife will tell me before it's coming that I need to get something for my mom. So think about that though. We only celebrate one day out of 365. So Cass said, nope, we're not. We're going to do the whole month. And so we have the month of the mom. And so I'm bringing back on someone who's been on before, but she's so good to me. I mean, when I thought of who I was going to bring on, Olivia was one of the first that came to my mind. But then the other stuff that I, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, all right, she's already been on here. Now I'm running into her at places. I mean, she's all over the place. She's on LinkedIn tearing it up. I mean, people from all across the world are watching her, including me. And I mean, just really creating a following with just connecting with people. So if you would, please, for the second time, I ask that you please stand to your feet, please cheer, but since it's a podcast, don't throw money. Mrs. Olivia Schmidt, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Jason? Well, you know, just killing it, just killing it. <laughs> and it's uh, early morning here because that's what we have to do sometimes here at the at the podcast. It works out the best. I prefer to do my podcast before 12 in the afternoon. By 12 in the afternoon, I'm still going rip-roaring, but my brain's on other things. And I thought this was a good time, right, Olivia? Yeah. Perfect for me. She said, yeah, it works for me. So Olivia is, um, and to make sure I say this correct, because this is what it says on LinkedIn, you know, your best resume ever, select a business unit manager at Tricor Insurance. Is that right still? That is correct. Yeah. you. Someone like you keeps the profile up to date because uh, would you not agree that LinkedIn's probably a place you live a lot? I do spend a lot of time there. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've, and you've gained a, a nice little following, which I mean, I remember seeing some of your first videos a while back and I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's going to, she's going to be doing some videos and talking about the way she feels and sees things. And I want to talk a little bit more about those videos, but Olivia, just so that they remember, um, are you an iPhone or a Droid user? I'm still an iPhone user. Yep, still, still. (laughs) See, the the way that I hear that, Olivia, is 
you're saying there's a chance. You know, that's the way that I, that's the way that I hear that. So do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win. You love to win? I, yep. I love to win. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's the upside, right? That's, I feel, it sounds more positive in my head than, than hating to lose. So yeah, I love to win. You know, I was saying to a guy the other day, and this just kind of came out. I said, well, I love to win. He said, really, you seem like a guy that would hate to lose. I said, well, it's true too. I said, but I, what I do is, is I love to win. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to lose so that when I do lose, that's when I learn something so I can win more, right? That's, that's kind of how the way that I saw it. So I think you do too. Skill or luck, what you feel has been one of the major things in your life to direct it where it is now? You know, I, I, think, I think there's a little bit of both. I think that we're blessed with certain things in our life that we can't account for. And uh, when you're put in those positions, you just got to be ready to take advantage of those situations and skill comes into play. So I think you got to have both. What was it the other day? I'm going to be amazed if I can remember this. A guy told me, mm, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Bam. I can't believe I pulled that out. Wow. I love yeah, it. At least. See, that's it. why we do these in the morning because I can think. Um, yeah. And, and really, truthfully, that's, that's what it is, right? It's you've prepared. Boom. The opportunity came along and you hopped on it. So I believe in luck. I mean, I've had people on here who have avidly against it, Olivia. They're like, no such thing as luck, 100% skill. And I mean, that's, uh, you know, usually I just keep going on because I'm kind of like, well, I disagree with you, but, you know, I'll try to get their saying, but I mean, or whatever they say. And usually they always say more people side with skill than they do luck. And I think it's because it's tangible in a way, right? It's, it's, it's just how we are as humans. Like we trust those things that we can see and feel and touch, right? And skill, you can literally see like this was a skill. This is something my speaking has has helped me with a podcast. I just didn't get lucky with the podcast. I've actually it's become a skill of mine, right? It's that same thing. Now, I've been very lucky at the fact that I was one of the first that it, I was at the beginning of a revolution of change of trying to push the industry forward. I was lucky. I believe that. I believe that Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Gene Wachowski, I can't think of some of their other names right now, drawing a blank. Um, some of the major tech giants, if you'll notice, they were all born between 54 and 58, I believe. They were lucky to be born there because it put them in a, a major university in the age of 1970 to 1972, where, when all mainframe computers were first being installed in universities. They were some of the first that were there, right? That There's no way you can say that that was strictly skill. Now, luck put them in a situation to where, as Bill Gates said, he had achieved 10,000 hours on a mainframe computer before even most people knew what a computer was. And so that's where he used his skill to hone on the luck he had been given. And sometimes luck comes first and then and then skill. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to get off on that, Olivia. But uh, that happens. They say they like that, but I don't know. Sometimes it gets old. I mean, if you ask my wife, she's like, Jesus, just get to the damn story of whatever you're telling. But see, that's why that's why Olivia, I take her out on the boat a lot. Because then when I'm out on the boat with her, she can't get up and like walk out of the room. Like she's got to sit there and listen to me the whole time, right? Because it's too cold to jump in the water. So Olivia, you are blessed because you have little ones. And those are what we call our blessings, right? Absolutely. That's right. Yep. How many do you have? I have three. Three boys, girls. What are they? I have two boys and uh, and a girl. So, oh, 
Yeah. Wow, two little... boys and a girl. Yep. Is she the youngest? She's the youngest and the boss of the house. So uh, <laughs> I wonder where she gets that, that from. I, know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's going to be well protected. Dad and two brothers. Yes, I, I hope so. We're, we're trying to certainly make sure our boys understand that that's part of their role as brothers. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, do they fight and go at each other all the time? Uh, you know, it's unexpectedly, yeah, they will just all be fighting and wrestling. Our 12-year-old's kind of getting to the point where he thinks he's too cool for it. But every once in a while, yeah, he'll get down and, uh, and then it's war. So yeah. You know, and it's and it's it's what builds them for the future. You know, you do you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I had uh, three. What do I have? Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Three sisters, two brothers. Wow, wow, that's family of six. Wow, you guys really fought it out in the world. Yeah, well, I had my uh, I had an older brother, and he didn't grow up with us. But then when he started kind of becoming part of the family, he was like he had all brothers from the you know from his the family that he was being raised with, and. So he was very much a wrestler. And so when he came on the scene, we really had to up our game. But my younger brother was stuck in the middle of two sisters on each end. He was bookended. So we always tell him that he's more sensitive than the rest of us. because <laughs> Wrestling is a big deal. You've mentioned it a couple of times. <laughs> natural part of growing up, right? That's right. That's right. I, I don't know if me and my sisters, I mean, I was... I was straight mean. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I was an older, I was the oldest and I had two younger sisters. And man, I remember I was young. I just used to beat them up. I mean, I'm serious. I was like eight, nine. My poor sisters were three and five, you know, and we just, I really was. And then they'd beat me up and then I'd tell mom and it was that back and forth thing. You know, I was raised by a single woman. So, um, a lot of admiration that I have for women. Uh, I think anybody should, that doesn't make me special, but I see it in a different light for women. So especially a, a thing for mothers. So uh, tell us about your business. What do you do there at Tricor? So I manage a team of eight and we take care of the small business, small commercial accounts for the agency. So, you know, anything we we kind of slotted it at 10,000 in premium and smaller, that number varies a little bit, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're handling it for the 29 locations that Tricor has. Uh, we have placement and sales and service all in one department. Gotcha. So any any small business that you guys consider from comes in from one of those locations, it gets funneled to your guys's your guys's area. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then what do you guys do? Do you guys do the quote and then call the customer, or do you send it back to the producer? Is it a little mixture of it? A little bit of both. Yeah. So it just depends. We have a lot of small communities, so we have producers from all over that uh, are certainly in tight with their communities and writing that small business. And so it's very much just, you know, us working with producers outside of our department. And then some of it's just leads that come straight in-house to my people, my team, and we work them from start to finish. So your peeps, my peeps, yeah, my peeps. I mean, when I want to do that, I want to throw a fist on the chest and then come off with a peace sign. My peeps, you know, that's how I always want to do it. I don't know about you. Maybe it's other people. There's people driving right now listening to this, Olivia, going, oh my gosh, that's what I do. <laughs> and then there's a lot of people who say he's an idiot. That's good. So, Olivia, so let's talk about the role of a mother because it, it's an interesting thing. I've, I've, I've had other podcasts um, this month where we've discussed and I've gotten different perspectives from different mothers on 
on different things, which is totally unfair to you, Olivia, because you didn't get the chance to listen to any of them. And actually, I mean, the loyal listeners have, because now you're like number three or four, you know what I mean? But it's one of those things. So just bear with me. But a lot of the mothers that I had, some very hard driven, which I think we all are, but some are very hard driven and they and they struggled with the fact that they are wanting to be successful in business, that they are successful in business, that they're trying to do, they have their own personal goals, right? Trying to break the glass ceiling, trying to maybe set out personal goals that they just may have. Maybe they're helping, trying to help the industry. But at the end of the day, they have those little blessings and they have, and and when God put us here on on the face of the earth, he, he gave us certain responsibilities. And when we have kids, he kind of lets us know that that's our number one, right? And so, I want to take this conversation and I want to discuss it in a little bit different light, but is there anything that you want to add for a minute to being a mother, to being in the insurance industry and how those things overlap? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's all part of life, right? Like there's always been this uh, discussion of work-life balance. And I don't think that that, I don't know, for me, I don't think that that's really where it's at. I think those two things don't get to be separated, especially when you start to move into a management role and, you know, those responsibilities at work just kind of, they increase. I think your, your time starts to look different. There's no line in between. There's not a magic line when you leave the parking lot of your office and pull into your driveway. Like it's all, it's all blurred together. And so really just making sure that those two things, I think I saw the word harmony once, and I really liked that. Just trying to make sure that all the different parts of your life are working together in harmony. And it's it's tough. I'm not going to say that I have it down, but I think that that's the goal, right? Is to just get all of that stuff so that you don't feel completely overwhelmed or that you're missing out on one area or the other. So what does your husband do? So he is uh, in the bike and fitness industry. So retail and, you know, so just... Uh, does he have flexible schedule? Pretty flexible. Thankfully, pretty flexible. Yes. Well, and isn't that awesome about our industry? Now, I know some loyal listeners are listening. They they differ from everywhere. But I think with, uh, I'm going to speak on behalf of my staff, they don't even have to ask to take time off from me or anybody else. They just make sure it's on the calendar, make sure the team knows about it, especially a couple of days before, the day before. I've spoke about it before. We have unlimited vacation, unlimited paid time off. That's just a way. So we're a little bit different in it. But I feel as if this industry, and I have spoke to my team about this many times, is that if you guys were nurses and you work 12-hour shifts at the hospital, they don't care for you to call in and say, hey, I'm going to be in about 30 minutes late. I got to run the kids by, da 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 or hey, I'm leaving early or whatever. Like They don't give a crap. You're there for 12 hours unless it's paid time off, right? That's how it is. And that's what's so nice about this industry. And having these little kids is there is a lot of flexibility. What say you on that? Uh, how is it at your agency? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I feel like we've started to feel more of that focus shifting. Before, I don't know if it just wasn't talked about as much. If people were gone, they were gone. But now it is just creating that that flexibility for all employees that need to be able to be there for their kids at any given time. And yeah, are you are you going to come in thirty minutes? late? Or do you need to leave earlier in the afternoons? You know, what can we do to make sure that you're able to do what you need to do for your family and accomplish your goals at work? So I feel like that conversation has shifted so much. I mean, I, I think about when I had my first kid, 
to when I had my third one, how much that changed. And I, I just, and it's, it's, it's changed in a good way. It's changed for the better, for sure. Absolutely. You know, the, the the old saying is the first one looks at dirt and you freak out. The third one eats it and you're like, eh, it's okay. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I love that about being a parent. But yeah, you know, there's so many unique challenges too that life will throw you even on your own personal having to do with you yourself, let alone trying to throw on the life of a kid. And and in a, a lot of them, which I've been, I don't want to say uh, lucky, I've been blessed not to, I don't want to even say blessed. I've just been very fortunate, let's put it that, to have healthy kids, right? So not to, to, to not have any that have disabilities. And it's like, wow, because having kids that actually can fend for themselves, are good in school, great in sports, they do what they're supposed, I mean, I would assume to be an average kid. And then thinking about those out there, those mothers, those fathers, that then are in the insurance industry, owning it business, work di- deep in a in a unit and manage it like you do, who then have those kids that have those disabilities. You know what I mean? I really, really, um, I really think that those are some of the superheroes of our society. I really do. The number one superhero is a mother. Now, here's here's an interesting thing. Okay, so let's 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 take this and change it a little bit. So, I have two people who I reached out to to do this, and their immediate responses to me were the same. Their immediate responses were, let me ask you a question. I said, so, hey, I'm doing this um, a month of the mom. And I was like, and, and for Mother's Day and just honoring moms and insurance. And I just like, to, I'd like for you guys to be on if you could. And I asked this one lady and she said to me, she said, are you going to do a month of the dad? And I was like, no, not really. I was like, why, why would I do that? She's like, why would you do a month of the mom? And I had another lady say the same thing pretty much. She said it a little bit kinder, but she basically was going down the same road. And it got me thinking. And I thought to myself, I think this is one of my good things. I'm very good at looking, Olivia, at both sides. I really, truly am. And not being biased to one or the other, other than just what is probably the best for all or the best for the most. And I, and I agree. I see where they come. Like, why do we make this such a big deal when we don't have a dad's day, right? I mean, or a dad's month. I get it. And there's all these different little things in society that are like that. But I also want to look at it the other way and say, women are unique. Women can do things that men just can't. And we can say, oh, well, men can. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the parent role. Okay. I'm not just talking about the love and the emotion of being a parent. I'm talking about the physical aspects of calming their pains, listening to their fears, caring about them in ways that dads can't do. I said to one time, I've said this a lot of times about my mom. My mom could take a dollar and could stretch it a week to feed me and my sisters. You know, my mom never worked a day in her life, Olivia, until she was 32 years old. And my dad called her one day when he was training for a job in Phoenix, Arizona, and we lived here in St. Louis. And he called her on the day he was supposed to come back and said, I'm not coming back. He said, I met my old girlfriend back in Phoenix. That's where I was born. That's where my parents originally came from. And he says, and I'm not coming back. And here was a woman who's 32 years old, never, never worked a day in her life because my, my dad was an executive for Boeing. They made very, very good money. We moved here from Washington State. We'd flown all, we'd been all over the country. And this was a woman who, who immediately went to school, got her degree um, in RN. Immediately, we were on welfare for like three or four years. As soon as she got her degree, we got off of it because that's what it's made for. And so I think that there is 
I think we really want to take being politically correct to another level when we want to try to associate. If you want to try and say, hey, you should be able to run in the Olympics with me, that's one thing, right? That's a physical thing. But when you want to sit here and say we're the absolute same in the parental role, I don't think that's correct. And I think it does a disservice to the wonderful special gifts that were given to a woman to be able to be a parent. What say you, Olivia? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm, uh, I would kind of agree with you there. I mean, I think that, you know, I think it's good to have those special roles in the house. I, I, and I do like to think that I'm filling a need for my children that my husband can't. Obviously, it would be different if I wasn't, if I just couldn't be around, if, you know, if God forbid I, I passed away, obviously, then his role changes even more, but he's still not going to be Mr. Mom. Like it's just going to be different. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it is a, it's a different sort of relationship. My relationship with my kids is completely different than my husband's relationship with my kid. And and neither one of them is bad. It's just different. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, unless you and your spouse are clones of each other, you have unique roles that you're filling in the house. Absolutely. Now, now, Olivia, let me throw, let me even throw a little bit deeper curveball to you with these two ladies. And which, which of all, I want you to know, loyal listeners, I look up to these two women. That's the reason why I specifically reached out to them. And one of them is in the insurance industry, but is not an agent. And the, um, she's actually part of it. She's a vendor. Because I thought to myself, well, that'd be unique. You know, let's try and get them, right? And then I was like, okay, well, and then I, the other one, she's an agency owner. Here's what's unique about it. Both of them are over the age of 50. No one, the younger the person got, the less they thought that this would be an issue. I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought that the the older gals would have been more, oh, this is great, whatever. And it would have been the younger, as I tell Sarah and Anna all the time, woman power, because Sarah and Anna who run the agency intelligence, they're like, they're super, they, they live out in California and they women power thing. So anyway, so they, so. Sarah, if you're listening, don't kill me. So I think that it really surprised me. I would have, would you, does that make sense or am I wrong there? Would you would have assumed that that would have been a younger person and not the older? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, with all this this talk of uh, equality and, and everybody's going to get the same regardless you know, gender and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could certainly see where that would be a little bit. It was, it was unique. Where you think it was going to go. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe, maybe we're getting to the point now, Jason, where people are starting to understand that women and men don't want to be the same. We want to be looked at as equals, but we certainly don't want to be the same. I don't, I don't want to be the same as you. Like, I hope you're okay with that, but I just, I don't. And I think that we're starting to understand that there's always going to be certain things, physiological or whatever, that are going to be unique to men and women. We can't change that. The genetic mapping is probably different enough that it's not like we're going to eventually evolve into the same gender, right? Like that's just not going to happen. So we have to respect the fact that there's just going to be some differences there. But at the same time, Equality doesn't mean same. And I think that that's probably been some of the confusion in the conversation for a long time. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, 
what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have in 30 days. That's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recruiting, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. I think the separator of society and especially mothers, which I think these are roles that have been filled for a while, it's just now becoming to the light, is emotional intelligence. Back in the days when we had such things, we've said this, uh, excuse me, loyal listeners, if you heard me say this, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts, so I don't know if I've said it before or not, but you, you, I believe that there will be more women presidents in the next 200 years than there will be men presidents. I really, truly believe that the strengths and the qualities of a man back in the day with the fact that the woman would bear the child, needed protection, fed the child, you know, had organic milk, all that stuff. It just worked that way. The man would go out, kill it, kill something. We're talking like caveman days. And then, you know, bring it back in, protect, you know, the, the house from any intruders or any animals or anything like that. And they, there was strengths that were able to give and take, right? That, that one could do and the other couldn't do. And as we've become more civilized, uh, a woman can get her own job and there's a grocery store right down the road and there's a police service that'll protect her, right? So those qualities that the men used to have are not, it's still important, but they've got to change, right? They've got to become different to stay relevant in some things, as opposed to the other side, I believe the women have to only sharpen their skills only in the fact that caring and sharing and socializing and communicating in new ways and multitasking and all of these things are characteristics of women. And really, to be honest with you, they're summed up in what we call emotional intelligence. And we have IQs that we've graded people on, once again, how smart they are. But the EQ of that, of the emotional intelligence, is what is going to be the driving factor, is in our society right now, and is going to be a driving factor, which I believe only puts women in a better seat on the bus to say, hey, I think it's going to become a point in time where we're going to start to see there's going to be better leadership because of the qualities that they have for society. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's just we're we're wired a little bit differently. And I think that that level of intuitiveness is different mostly in I mean, probably higher in women than it is in men. 
I don't mean any disservice to anybody when I you're say not. It. You're not. See, that's the thing. No one wants to have this conversation. That's why Jason talks about it on the podcast, right? Because everybody knows what you're saying, Olivia. It's just there's those jerks that want to sit around and and make the the little you know make the da, 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 she said this no I mean there really are differences and I'll tell you what there's men out there who have higher emotional intelligence than some women right I mean that's just the way it is and I mean so we're not we're but we're not painting everybody here but I think it's the conversation that needs to be had that's it's okay especially for all you men out there it's okay that you can feel as she said. An equal. Don't want to be the same, but an equal. I mean, I think that's fine. And I think when we do that, we, it, it, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that like I'm perfect about this because I was raised by a single woman. I mean, ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm a jerk quite a bit, right? I mean, that's just the way that it is. We're all that way. So it just comes down to the fact that we're human and we're real. And I think when we, when we try to not suppress some of these un, and, and, and listen and think about emotional intelligence as being a major factor, I think to say that women have a higher emotional intelligence overall is a reason why we need to elevate women into things like month of the mom, or we could do month of the businesswoman, you know, but if we're going to do month of the businesswoman, Olivia, why don't we do a month of the business man? That's it. See how silly that sounds? Well, the mother thing sounds that silly as well, in my opinion. It's like, that's just totally silly. Sorry, we beat that up for a while. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, important. So for any mothers out there, if for any, how long have you been in the business? 14 years. Okay. And then you've got a 12 year old. So for all of that, except for two years, you, you have been a certified mother. And so what would you say that something that you learned with the first that you now is not a big deal with the third regarding business? Like if there's a mother out there and she's been in the business a year, three years, five years, and she's just now got her first first child, right? And she's thinking about that. Like, how's this going to affect my business? She's like seven, eight, nine months along. And she's thinking to herself, like, how's this going to affect my business? What's it going to be like when I go back? How am I going to be able to balance daycare and my work and, and all the stresses that she has, see, that men have no clue about? What would you say to that person about what they're getting ready to go through and, and experience? Any words of wisdom, Olivia? Yeah. So my first piece of advice is enjoy being pregnant with no other kids running around. Enjoy the naps because the next time you're pregnant, you don't get to enjoy naps. So uh, take advantage of nap time and put your feet up and enjoy all of that stuff. I would also say take the maximum amount of maternity leave that's allowed to you. I did not take enough time. I don't feel like I took the amount of time that I should have with my first one. And I can't take that back. He's fine. He's never asked me why I didn't take six more weeks off or anything like that. So I think we're okay. But you don't get those newborn days back. I know they're tough. But at kind of like at that six week mark, that was kind of the standard when I was when I first had mine. They're just now starting to, you know, their, their personalities are starting to come out and then you, you're handing them off to somebody else every morning. So take, take as much time as you can for maternity leave, take the maximum time and just soak it up because that baby phase is gone before you know it. And I think the biggest thing I would say, and just communicate with your boss about what it is that you need going forward. Your life is going to change as a mom. What your day daycare schedule is going to determine certain things. Just make sure that 
you know, you're on the same page as far as notifying when there's those 7.30 a.m. emergencies when you think you're leaving the house, but your kid vomits all over the floor on your way out the door. Like that stuff is real. That's what happens. Just make sure that you have good communication with your supervisor, whoever it is that needs to know when you're just not going to make it in. Like this happened. I'm dealing with it. I'll keep you up to date as to, or up to speed as to, you know, what's going on with my child. But right now I can't make it into the office. And the thing is, is that if you work someplace where you're supported, then it's going to be okay. They're going to support the fact that you may need some training when you get back from maternity leave. Like all that stuff's okay. Baby brain is real. I think you get, I'd say you get about 90% of it back each time. They're going to understand like stuff changes in 12 weeks. And you're going to kind of almost need like a mini onboarding when you come back. It all comes down to communication. Don't be afraid to communicate about that stuff. You know, I just had two in the last year on my team that went on maternity leave. I was very lucky because one left and the other one came, you know, one came back, the other one left. Like they just overlapped by one day. People asked me if I planned it that way. I didn't actually, but it worked out really well. And it just was about communication and being supportive. They're going through something huge in your in their life. Like, you know, so as, as a supervisor, as a mom, I would say just, just do what you do as far as nurturing them through that. And just, I don't know. It's, it's such a wonderful no, time. Great stuff. You're watching people build families. Like as a supervisor, sometimes it's stressful, but I also think, they're building families. Like, this is amazing. I am watching people grow up. And I had people that took care of me and watched me grow up as I got married and had kids. This is my job now is to try and be there for them during this time in, in my role as their manager. And sometimes it requires emotional support. So that's just part of the gig. That's good, Olivia. See, that's good. And I'm just going to say this, so loyal listeners, just bear with me. But a man in that role can't give necessarily that emotional support that's needed in that position. It used to be overlooked and not a big deal. Go to maternity leave and come back. But our society's not becoming that anymore. Our society's not that and is becoming the more caring, sharing. It's nothing wrong that men have done. You know, it's almost just like everything. It's just like certain stuff gets used to going that way. And then it only takes something to start going the other way a little bit. And then all of a sudden that becomes the way and everything flip flops. And I think that that's just one of the ways we are. And that's so true. So, so I love how you say how you're watching these families build because that is cool, you know, sitting back and, oh, today that one's getting married and then that one's getting married. Yeah, I was sitting here five years ago and there was eight people and only one of them was married. Now all of them are married and some of them have kids and that's a cool perspective. That's a really, really cool perspective. I also, Olivia, want to let you know that, you know, in Canada, you get how many months a year? of maternity leave a year and it's paid yeah i had this conversation with una or no i listened to una on your show and she was talking about paid. that yeah yeah which is which is wild and i think we're going to see more of a shift in that too i think that that I will change think we will too because we have to you know there has to be some financial relief for families it's tough i i remember those times it's tough i feel for people still paying for daycare i feel for them and the other thing is, Jason, like it takes a village. I would never want any of my employees to feel like they have to do all of this on their own and figure all of it out. That's an empty feeling. That's a horrible, desperate feeling. And you're going to support them in a certain capacity, but 
as a mom, I recognize full and well that I'm not doing all of this on my own. If I had to, none of it would be happening. Honestly, it takes a village. Yeah, you're right about that. You are right about that. It does take a village. And uh, and you seem to be a good village leader. So, uh, Olivia, I do appreciate your time for joining us for uh, the month of the mom. I think that uh, you're a, is a great example to our industry, but I also feel as if you're a very great, a great influence on people in this industry that need to rise up. I was talking with Erin Nutting, and I was telling her, if I was a woman, I would start some kind of woman's conference thing. And maybe there is out there for the insurance industry, speaking ignorantly here. But like, that's the one thing. Like, we have agents, we have sales, we have agency owners groups, you know, we have Elevate where all the big wigs, stuffy nose, big brokers go to, you know, we have, we, we have all these things, but there's really no thing for like women to have like, you know, some kind of like, Thing. And and I would love to have it because I even thought like at my brain share, like if there was like a, this group or organization of women, I would be calling them and saying, hey, why don't you guys have like a meeting at our place intertwined with us, right? Because it's just, it's just an interesting feeling to say and to get that out there. If you have a group of people who are becoming so powerful, you want to make sure that you collectively um, start to move together as well. So that was just always my, my uh, thought about that. But Olivia, I do appreciate you. And I do appreciate you for, like I said, for this industry. And you are a great example for all the mothers out there. Anything you want to close up saying? Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say that I, I just absolutely love Aaron Nutting. <laughs> yes, I do too. I totally do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and I talked to her a little bit at Elevate and it was the first time that we had like met formally in person. And she's so real about her journey. And, you know, I was like, man, before I had this perception that, you know, everybody was just doing everything all the time on their own independently. And she was like, no, Olivia, like life is like real, like so much more real, so much more real than even we let people see. But just recognizing that and having that respect for one another and what our roles are and everything. I mean, that's the good stuff, right? I mean, when we can just love each other and support each other, like that's that's where their good stuff is. It really is. And I, I really see a day where social media starts to take on a new realm. I've really thought of this, Olivia, for the last couple of years. And Aaron Nutting talks about it on the podcast that we did. And it just talks about being real, as you're saying. And I really foresee a day where, once again, everybody, you can't judge your life based on other people's lives on social media because they only show the highlights, right? I see a day coming where it's opposite. I see a day coming where it will be, this is where the hate will leave them social media. Because this is where you can't, if you post good and the haters want to tear you down, if I post bad, will the winners lift me up? That's something to think about. And so I foresee a day where you do, and you can even see it like the kids get off on it. Like my son, he's 14. He loves watching bloopers. I mean, I know we all do, but like, it's a different thing to these, to these YouTubers. I mean, these kids, they watch it all day, do pranks and, and, oh, look, he fell, you know, and, and did this thing or, but then it gets to the real stuff. Like it gets to the, this is how I think I failed as a, as maybe as a parent whenever I abandoned my kids, or this is how I failed as a boss because I did this and this, and it cost my business, which cost employees. And then when you start to take that mindset, a hater can't jump in on that. So it's, it's a really, really interesting concept. And Aaron Nunning brought that up. 
She said on Instagram, when my kid throws the bowl of, of, I can't remember what she said, like the bowl of, of cereal on the floor because she's having a fit, I snap a picture and I put it on Instagram. And I thought to myself, that's awesome because that's real, right? That's, that's real. Like that happens in every, every house almost every morning. But no one shows that. Everybody just shows the picture of when all their kids are sitting there at the table on Easter morning and they're all in their little do 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 do. <laughs> and that's what we picture, right? You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes you need to get your daughter's earrings put in and she's going to wear two different earrings then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, anyways, hey, Olivia, once again, thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for being a mom. Thank you for being who you are in the industry. And thank you for being a friend. I really do appreciate it, Olivia. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being a loyal listener. You know you are appreciated. And here today, you heard from a real agent in a real agency sharing real agency intelligence, not telling you the artificial that everybody out there tries to make you believe. This has been Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence Podcast. I'm out.